Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, October 27th, 5.28 a.m. Central Time. Mixed to higher trade in the grain markets this morning. Brian Split, McKenzie, good morning. Guys, there was uh, some Chinese soybean business reported yesterday. Let's start there. So USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. soybeans on Thursday. U.S. exporters sold 110,000 metric tons of soybeans to China for delivery during the current marketing year. Accumulated Chinese purchases of U.S. soybeans are down 38% versus the same period last year. While yesterday's purchase was small, trade chatter indicated additional Chinese interest in U.S. soybeans. I don't know if you heard the same tr trade chatter that I did, Brian. This is rumor mill type stuff. There were some rumors indicating that China had canceled Brazilian soybean cargoes because beans at the U.S. Gulf were becoming a little bit more competitive. So I don't know if that means that you see additional business for U.S. beans show up here. Um, I noticed that uh, January soybeans are 12 cents higher this morning. Typically, if there's going to be a big flash sale, you'll see the market react before it's actually reported. Have you heard anything along those lines, or does that make any sense to you? Yeah, no, I heard that yesterday that um, uh, they were washing out Brazilian purchases from uh, Chinese crushers were the ones that were doing that. Yeah. Um, but uh, right, so generally you're going to see the action on the board, right, the buying uh, before the, the reporting of the sale is made. Um, we need to see bigger purchases than 110,000 tons. I miss the days where you would get, you know, 8 a.m. sales were 300,000, 600,000, something like that. You get a few sales in a row uh, over the course of a week and you're over a million tons in a week. That's the type of stuff that would get me excited. Listen to this statistic. So uh, total Chinese purchases or commitments uh, of U.S. soybeans this year, they are off 246 million bushels versus the same period last year. That's almost the entire U.S. carryout. I mean, it's uh, it's a big chunk of change. We could certainly use the business, uh, which I guess leads us to the next story. Levels on the Mississippi River are expected to rise following recent rains. Some upper areas of the river valley saw heavy rains over the last week. As a result, the Army Corps expects the river to rise further after posting record lows at Memphis earlier this month. The gauge at Memphis is nine feet below normal this morning after bottoming at 12 feet below normal back on October 17th. The level is projected to be only 7.8 feet below normal by November 9th, improved basis bids, improved spread action, and perhaps improved export demand are possible results of an improved river situation. Have we seen our uh, harvest low in river levels, Brian? <laughs> Hopefully. It's mean, becoming an annual occurrence, it looks like. Yeah, you know, it's important to understand the, the river level dynamic because uh, it just makes freight more expensive. And um, so any of these barges that are going along the river, they have to reduce the amount of product that they carry to accommodate, uh, you know, for those water levels. Um, so getting these water levels back to normal would go a, a tremendous way in helping our export program. Yeah, we talk about demand and how export demand in particular is lacking. We've seen corn improve a little bit. Soybeans still leave a lot to be desired. Improved river levels would really help that, which uh, will lead us, to, lead us again to our next story. So U.S. corn export sales increased significantly last week. Net corn sales of 53 million bushels exceeded pre-report expectations and were up 53% from the previous week and 22% from the prior four-week average. Mexico was the largest corn buyer. 
Net soybean sales of 51 million bushels, which was a marketing year high, were up 1% versus the previous week and 43% from the prior four-week average. China was the largest soybean buyer. Uh, net, wheat, net wheat sales of 13 million bushels declined 43% versus the previous week and 31% from the prior four-week average. Mexico was the largest wheat buyer for the week. Uh, China was in for all three classes of U.S. wheat and in some amount. They weren't huge amounts, but there was China uh, listed for SRW, HRW, and for some spring wheat last week. Uh, the book of corn sales has improved. We're now 24% above levels a year ago in terms of total commitment. Soybeans appear to be the biggest problem now. They're still off 29%, and USDA is only projecting 12% decline. So to go back to the export thing, I mean, we desperately need the river improvement and, and some additional demand here. Yeah, uh, it, very good to see both uh, corn and soybeans uh, with little, well over a million tons of, of sales for the week. Uh, that is encouraging. Uh, it's nice to see, uh, you know, a marketing year high in, in soybean sales for the week. Uh, so we need to see a string of that. And, and what you're looking for is a, a trend to develop. Yeah, and we hope that that's a trend. I'd, I'd love to see the stuff we talked about earlier, like some, some sort of bigger soybean flash sale reported at some point this week. That would be very nice to see. On Thursday, Bungie lifted its 2023 outlook after its third quarter profits ex profits exceeded analyst expectations. Following the news, Bungie's shares rallied 5% to $107.30. Bungie has seen a rise in revenue thanks to strong Brazilian crop exports and a growing need for vegetable oils to produce renewable fuels. That's Bungie, Mackenzie. They're going to kill you in the Sorry, comments. Shoot. They're going to absolutely destroy you in the comments so, today. Uh, <laughs> darn it. They did that one other time. Um, there was a comment in the uh, earnings call from Bungie CEO where he talked about China. And essentially what he said is that uh, they're talking flat soybean imports, but he's actually optimistic about corn imports uh, in China. He thinks that volumes there could surprise to the upside. That does not mean necessarily this is going to be U.S. corn. But uh, he was optimistic about China importing corn, which I suppose is a positive, Brian. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it just takes more off the world balance sheet. Um, you know, I know we typically focus a lot on the domestic balance sheets, but as uh, Mackenzie had noted, uh, a lot of that profit came from the uh, strong exports out of Brazil. So this is an international company. It's not just U.S. Uh, product uh, that, that's driving these profit margins. We'd love to see it. On Thursday, the Ukrainian deputy prime minister denied reports that the alternative Black Sea export corridor had been suspended. Ukrainian and British firms reported earlier in the day that the corridor was closed due to a potential threat from Russia. A de facto suspension had already been in place for two days at the request of Kiev's military because of that threat, according to someone involved with uh, Ukraine's ag sector. Vladimir Putin said last week that he ordered Russian planes armed with missiles to patrol the Black Sea. Since the corridor was opened back in August, 700,000 tons of grain have been transported through that route. Fake news alert. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, like an hour after it came out, 
and it turned out to be fake news, I guess. I think it moved the market for like a minute, Brian. Yeah, and, and even the the minute that it did move the market, there was rather small moves. Um, you know, I just think back to several months ago where if you had a headline like this, uh, wheat would have been up 50, 60 cents. Yeah. And uh, what were we up? Maybe eight, nine. And then uh, they sold that off. And uh, we just haven't been able to get any, any Black Sea headlines that have gotten to stick and, and uh, cause uh, major short covering. Well, anybody who bought any Black Sea headline for a year now got burned eventually. So it didn't. Uh, they're just they're they've shied away from from buying on these headlines, I think. USDA released weekly drought monitor data yesterday. Drought conditions in the Corn Belt improved this week as numerous regions received rainfall. Conditions improved across northern Indiana and Ohio. Improvements were also noted in southern Minnesota and central and western Wisconsin. A lack of precipitation caused drought conditions to exp to expand across portions of Missouri. Drought conditions were mostly unchanged across the high plains as the majority of, of the rain that fell this week fell outside of the drought areas. So when we look at the percentage of U.S. areas experiencing drought, corn country, 49%, soybeans, 52%, winter wheat, 49%, spring wheat, 47%, and cattle country, 44%. I don't ever talk about uh, yield reports on here because I feel like they're very much anecdotal in nature. I feel like I hear what people want me to hear. But there are places that were very much drought-stricken this year that ended up with some phenomenal crops uh, just in general. I mean, isn't it's it's pretty crazy, Brian. Yeah, uh, it is better than expected season right now. And uh, I think just with the expectations... They're going to kill you in the comments for that. They're going to kill uh, you guys in the comments today. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, it, the, with the weather that we had in August, um, it was not the best finishing weather for corn. It was not uh, really good weather for, uh, for pod fill for soybeans. And um, I, I think the crop is surprising a lot of people. All right, direct your comments to Brian, not me. I didn't say it. <laughs> So GDP surged to 4.9% during the third quarter, more than double the second quarter pace and its quickest pace since 2021. The spike was largely attributed to consumer spending, which saw an annual increase of 4%. Spending is projected to decrease in the coming months due to consumers saving less and incomes declining. The Fed is still expected to keep rates unchanged at its meeting next week. Progress in lowering inflation and a rise in long-term yields are potential reasons to hold those rates steady. You want to see another chart that COVID ruined? Here it is. I mean, look at that. It's crazy. It's crazy. There's a bunch of charts like this, but that's the best GDP for instance, fourth quarter of 21. I had a lot of people or a couple people comment and email me and say, Joe, well, it's because of inflation. This is the real GDP number. This is adjusted for inflation. The nominal GDP number, um, which is not adjusted, was like eight and a half percent. So, I mean, I know everybody's a, a recessionist and a doomer and a gloomer, but I don't know. I mean, if, if that's going to happen, it's going to be the Fed pushes us into it, I think. Yeah, it's just weird reading that, um, you know, these good numbers are due to consumer spending. And then you read that consumer spending is bad and the consumer's in, in rough shape. And, I, you know, it's hard to know what to believe. But So they say the consumer's racking up credit card debt. I mean, like, what right. else is new? But that's all, I mean... That's that what happened uh, following COVID was they took this, the consumer largely took stimulus money, like paid down credit card debt, and then they built it right back up. And like Americans consuming things is not anything new or groundbreaking. It's what know? we're good at. Yeah, that's that's basically what we do here. Uh, what did Cal do yesterday? 
Uh, cattle futures were lower once again on Thursday. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of a buck 56 lower, except for 57 cents higher in the October contract. Live cattle futures closed an average of 72 cents lower, also uh, except uh, for 57 cents higher in the October contract. Also, choice box beef was down 65 cents on Thursday afternoon at 306.85. Select was a buck 97 lower, ending the day at 279.69. Is the cattle market top, Brian? You know, it sure looks like it has. Um, and and when you just look at the uh, the levels that we're trading at and, and we just came from, um, and you look at a continuous chart, for example, on a monthly basis, uh, feeder cattle, for example, it's like, gosh, this market could have a long way to go down from here. And that doesn't mean we can't get, um, if, if we are in a new bear market where we get some violent bear market rallies, uh, but uh, uh, it, it's it's going to be a difficult uh, thing to to trade here, I think, for a little while. Um, everybody's looking for this market to recover. We'll see if there's any recovery late in the week here. But uh, a bad Friday is going to leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth if we go and make some new lows today. Yeah. Outside markets on Friday morning, guys, U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks are up a little bit. Uh, crude oil is up $1.76 in the December WTI at 84.97. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.